Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank God. Look at that. <laughs> yes, thank God. That's awesome. <laughs> it is IQO uh, Rizzoli. I don't know if... Uh, let's see if I can... I don't know if... Is Dan there? Is Dan with us? Let's, let's try Dan again. And see if we can get Dan in here. And we'll see what happens. Uh, when we start, do you mind if I have a monologue for two seconds? Oh yeah, go ahead, my friend. Well, once I get Dan in here, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't I'm know if we're going to get to come Dan. Also. So, okay, we'll do this. Go, go, go ahead and uh, and and start us out, and while I try to find our uh, our guest's phone number here, so I can get them on with us. Who do you have? Uh we've got. Well, originally we had Peter Tickton, who was going to be part of the. Uh, he is part of the January 6th uh, situation, but um, I can't seem to get him on the phone, so I'm, I'm going to go to our next guest. So g- go ahead. You, you mentioned you, uh, you you had a monologue you wanted to do my, there, okay. my friend. At this very period in time, <clears throat> looking in from across the pond, at least 48% of Americans have neither pride nor hope in America's future. Most are nihilistic, malvolent, and psychologically defective. The media is totally wrong calling them Generation Z or whatever else. The best call is Generation Bullcrap. Also, the so-called progressives are actually regressives and logically challenged. Jim, would you agree with the following? Again and again, I must warn Americans that they are going to face starvation starting in the next few months. If the price of diesel will be so high that transportation truckers will not be able to survive financially, thus cutting off the food and merchandise supplies from the sources to metropolitan cities that are the most vulnerable. This will eventually cause explosive social upheavals with the breakdown of law and order. What do you think? I wholeheartedly agree, and I hate that, uh, I hate that it's coming to this. How come nobody is seeing it? I don't. I, I mean, it's, it's as plain as sun in midday. Yes. Because they will not. The minute the diesel fuel is hello, high, Peter. Peter, how are you, sir? Welcome. I'm hunky dory. W- w- you're hunky dory. I have not heard that term in a while. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that back. Um, we have got uh, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. And uh, Peter Tickton is with us, the Tickton Law Group. And um, also, the website is LegalBrains.com, which, by the way, I love that domain name, LegalBrains.com. So, Peter, um, talk to us about some of some of your latest projects. Is I've, I've got a letter that was sent to me that we put on our website, um, JiggyJaguar.com. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and kind of give us an overall here, my friend. 
Okay, well, I mean, in terms of what's going on now, I mean, that hit piece on me, I, I, I understand it's had over 2 million uh, hits, and it's, and, it's, and it's growing faster and faster, so I don't know what it's going to amount to, but uh, it's just nonsense. I mean, you know, they, they accused me in one of these pieces of saying that, uh, recommending that uh, President uh, Biden be hung, and, you know... I, that's exactly the kind of stupid thing that gets somebody arrested. Yes. You know? Yeah. And yeah. You, you, you know, so you, you can't do that, you know, and that's not what we're about. You know, people on the Trump side, you know, we're not about doing things that where we break the law. We're the ones that are following the law. Yeah. If, if we were lawbreakers, we'd be as bad as they are. Uh, you know, we're, we're the option that's not the lawbreakers. Yeah. You know, when when you look at this situation, you know, I mean, you realize that the that that the Mueller commission, you know, they they had like 30 lawyers that all hated Donald Trump with with intensity. Yes. And they spent what 30 million dollars in 2 years looking for they weren't looking for collusion because that in 5 minutes they knew there was no collusion. They were looking for him spitting, spitting in the subway. They, 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 they were looking for any crime that they could possibly find. That's why that was an insurance policy. So here they are, all these, these people that are searching for anything that they can find on the man, yeah. and they found nothing. I mean, I mean, who could who that's in who in public life, you know, could could pass that test? <laughs> See, that's that that's the thing. We have got uh, a great guest with us today. Peter Tickton is with us from the Tickton Law Group. Uh, you can get more information on their incredible website, LegalBrains.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at LegalBrains. And uh, we are also joined today by our co-host, IQ Al-Rizzoli. Um, IQ, Peter, is from the United Kingdom. He is a big fan of no, President no, Trump. He is a he he is he is kind of like our international watcher. He kind of pays attention to things from afar. Um, IQ, what kind of questions do you have for for the great Peter Tickton here today? Just to make sure, P- Peter, are you from England? No, 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 no. My my father was a Canadian, <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time in Canada. But uh, my mother was from the from Brooklyn. So you're not British. No, he just he just he just he just acts like he's British. He's 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 okay, very that's astute. Fair <laughs> well, now now now, I, I certainly can pretend, uh, <laughs> but I, no 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 no, I'm American. But but I, IQ, what 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 kind of questions here do you have for Peter? Because we don't have a lot of time. Well, with the, the most man. Im- the most important one is simple. If you are a law firm, are you going to defend anybody in America? Like the people in jail because of uh, 6th of January, pro bono. Why isn't anybody doing it? You have okay, a Okay, there are. There, there are a group of lawyers that are helping those people. That's and uh, some of them. I'm sorry. sorry I'm go not sure. No, 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 no. Go, go, go ahead, Peter. Go, 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 ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, there are some people that are representing 
the people that are in jail. And there's some funding that has come about. I'm not sure exactly how that funding's working, though. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it's a fair distribution of funds or whether these are the lawyers that really care about the people. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Um, but I have uh, I have spoken to one person who uh, was really a victim of the Capitol Police. She had she had actually two of the different lawyers. She went from one to the next, and she thought she really went from the fire to the pan, or from the pan to the fire. One way you want to look at it. Yeah. In, in other would, words, sorry, sorry, sorry. We, yeah, one on. one of her lawyers was suggesting that she that she uh, change her story, which you know, facts are facts. You can't decide to testify about things that aren't true. It, it, you know, nothing, nothing rings true in a trial when it's based on lies. And so, you know, I have questions about the different lawyers that are representing the, the inmates there. And I understand they, they charge inordinate rates, but you know, I don't know for myself. And, uh, I just hope that they realize that people realize that there are options. There's a lot of good lawyers that would uh, would would help them, but then again, I'm just talking about one or two that I've heard about, and I understand there's a lot of them. And most most criminal defense lawyers I've met in my my practice have cared about the system. They've cared about justice. They care about their clients. So I wouldn't want to say any more than what I've said, but it is yeah. a concern. Well, Peter. In your case, you can't say too much. I think I just did say too much. <laughs> well, well. We, we have got a great guest with us today, Peter Tickton with us today, the Tickton Law Group. And uh, we have uh, an open letter that we posted on our website, JiggyJaguar.com, from, uh, from, from the desk of Peter Tickton. Uh, for those that haven't seen the letter or are just hearing about this for the first time, tell us a little bit about this letter. Well, you know, I was just putting it out there that, uh, look, for the people that know what's going on, you know, those of us whose eyes are open, yeah, uh, those of us who've seen 2,000 mules, those of us that have seen things ourselves or from other points of view, we know the election was stolen on a grand scale. Yeah. And my point was simply this, you know, if the people that stole the election are occupying you know, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, if they're in the White House, that means that we've got criminals running this place. And I wasn't bringing it out because I want to have people rise of their ire. I don't, I don't want to see people getting angry, and I certainly wouldn't want to see anybody violent or anything like that. What, what, I, I, I'll, what I, I was mentioning that for is to reinforce the fact that if they have done this, and in fact if they're guilty of capital offenses, then they're going to be holding on to power with everything they can hold on to it for. But with that being said, I have to tell you, I'm optimistic. Uh, you know, I'm seeing that we're kind of holding back the tide in a sense because 
I think more than anything, that movie, 2,000 Mules, and other movies, too, uh, like about January 6th, there's one called Capital Punishment. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, a play on the same words, but these these things and, and other information that you can see on the Internet are causing us to have real information about these things. So, you know, it's not like we're being fooled by watching the January 6th people. We, we watch the January... And if, I, I, tell me for yourself if I'm right. You watch the stuff on January 6th and you say, what a bunch of clowns. They're all liars. Is that the reaction that you have? I, IQ. Go, go, IQ. Watching from Europe, the January 6th committee, the kangaroo communist-style committee, there, are, there were no questions asked from the opposition. And there were no opposition members on the committee. You have a two-tier system in America. Injustice plus more injustice. You have no justice at all. And I tell you something. Whoever spoke about Biden, about hanging, I did agree with him. But Biden should be impeached, put on trial for treason as a commander-in-chief who is not protecting the United States of America, and if found guilty, pay the consequences. Yes, well, I, I, wasn't, I didn't think he should be tried for treason because he's doing such a terrible job. I think I, IQ's, be, IQ's yeah. a little extreme, <laughs> He's a little extreme. <laughs> IQ's a little extreme. Uh, He's a little uh, extreme. <laughs> so, but Peter, I wasn't condemning him for his miserable behavior. I was condemning him since he is as commander-in-chief of the United States of America. His primary objective is protecting the border. He's not doing it. That's gross the reliction of duty and treason. That's not extreme. Not from my point of view. Up to you. Well, so, he, he, uh, his, his primary responsibility is to the American people. Yes. Nothing, yes. In, nothing in his oath of office that says that he has to take care of the border. It's just implied as to one of the things he's supposed to do as president of the United States. We well, have, yeah, well, let me just... Let me disagree with you, if I may. Go, go ahead, Peter. Go he, ahead, Peter. His duty is to, yeah, his duty is to enforce the laws of the United States. I mean, that's he's the executive branch. He, you know, that's exactly what he's supposed to be doing, and he's he's uh, he's got a dereliction of duty here. He, he, he's not doing what he's required to do. We have got a great guest with us today to uh, to to start out our our broadcast. We have got the fantastic, fantastic Peter Tickton with us today from the Tickton Law Group, and uh, he recently published an open letter about the insurrection on January sixth. Was it really on November third and fourth? Those are the two lines thought in this country. He's got an entire letter. We've got it posted at JiggyJaguar.com. And uh, Peter has been getting a lot of flack and a lot of uh, negative feedback. Talk to us a little bit about some of the negative feedback you've gotten on all of this, Peter. (laughs) 
I think, I, you know, the people that matter to me are the people that are on our side. And I'm sure when they see all this BS, they, they know it's more of the same. So I'm not too worried about it in, in that way. But I don't want to be set up by these people either. Well, that too. That too. But Peter, the question as a lawyer, which is the fundamental question, the word insurrection yeah. means physical violence. Insurrection means you have knives, machetes, guns, and other implements of war. Not a single one of these people has a gun or a knife. How can you call it insurrection? I want to know. Oh, what happened on January 6th was not. That was, that was uh, we know that it wasn't Trumpsters that were doing that. You know, they they were ushered into the building. That, you know, the Capitol Police were the only violent ones. And they what they did, I, 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 I'm not even at liberty to tell you some of what they did. But, but those people are just horrible. And you know what? The truth does come out in time. And we get our government back. It, it's going to be good. No, insurrection, I'm looking at Black's Law Dictionary right now. Since you said that, I pulled it out here. It says it's a rebellion, a rising of citizens or subjects in resistance to their government. And, you know, the fact is, it really was not an insurrection because Donald, how can a, how can a sitting president take over when he's already in control? You know, but uh, it's all the wrong word. The reason they yeah. use that word is because it's used in the Fourteenth Amendment. And if anyone participates in an insurrection, that's the word that's used. They can't hold public office. And but this is all uh, 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 a bunch of nonsense to try to keep Donald Trump from being able to run again. That's all it is. Uh, yeah, but again, again, I insist on an answer. Rebellion is with done is done with violence. Physical violence with weapons. It cannot be with fists. Rebellion is a violent action with guns, with machetes, with knives, and with daggers. These yeah, but I, do, I, th I think you're missing the point of what our guest is saying, is okay. that the Democrats have coined the word rebellion to mean what they want it to mean, which is a way in which they believe they can prevent Donald Trump from from ever be running for president again. Um, the Democrats are much better wordsmiths than Republicans. And so they're better at naming bills, they're better of, of, of rhetoric, uh, misleading people with their statements. So the, the rebellion that they've used in describing what happened at the Capitol is they're simply their way to inflame, potentially inflame the American people so that they will reject Donald Trump. But it's not insurrection in the terms of the way you're talking about insurrection, because it was not armed insurrection. It was a protest, but the, the Democratic media and the Democrats chose to qualify it and classify it as a rebellion for their purposes. Yeah, just because yeah, they think... decided to do so, that doesn't mean it's a legal item. That's because true. Oh, no, no, if, if, if all I'm saying is true, how is it possible to have these people incarcerated? How? 
Peter, from a from a legal from a legal perspective, jump in there. IQ. The legal definition of rebellion is deliberate organized resistance by force and arms to have the laws laws and operations of the government committed by a subject. So, it does the what you're saying is is true, and. And, you know, and that is what an insurrection is. If it's a rebellion, then it requires arms. You're exactly correct. And you want to know, then, how can they put these people that really were sucked into this whole thing? How do they put them into solitary confinement? How do they deal with them? How do they treat them in such a rough place? I got to tell you something. I, I, I know the president is, and when I say the president, I mean Donald Trump, is 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 upset about this stuff i mean you know that, that these people are incarcerated it's upsetting to me when i hear and read about it when i see the things that were done when i watch the the videos and i i get to watch a lot of them unfortunately but you know the fact of the matter is that it, it, it you know we've been taken over i mean when an election has been stolen massively you know, it, it wasn't just one or two people. It wasn't just dead people voting. It, this was a major, major enterprise. This was an insurrection when they took over the government. And maybe they didn't do it by arms. Maybe I shouldn't say insurrection. I should say, say coup. But, you know, the fact is that they took over the government to, on November 3rd and November 4th. And you're going to see a third of the population thinks that that was totally appropriate. You're going to see uh, the other third of the population, the ones that, you know, that I get along with, uh, better. Uh, they're the ones that, that have their eyes open and, and they're researching and they're looking. The ones that say that there was nothing, they're the ones that have their eyes closed and they have their hands over their ears. They don't want to see, they don't want to hear, they have willful blindness and, and they, they believe what they want to. They believe when they're told, oh, the, the, the election fraud has been disproved, already been disproved. When, when so you hear question, those words, already been disproved, understand, when it comes to election fraud, you're, you're listening to a liar. So they will repeat the same thing in November 20, 22nd. Is anybody ready for it? They will repeat exactly the same thing. By the way, if you, uh, was it yesterday or day before yesterday? ABC or NSVC, one of the corrupt media, already predicted the failure of the Demo uh, the Republican Party in November. Does anybody know about this? They already predicted... There's going, so, going to be such a massive number of people going to the polls. There are going to be people watching the ballot boxes this time. They're, they're going to be watching everything better. Peter, I hope you're right. Going to win this in, look, look, we have to win this in November. But you have not... Or, or we're fucked. You have to win <laughs> You're it. You're right about massively. that, Peter. You have to win it massively, massively. To such an extent that you can, has to get out. you can turn the well, table like that. That's why I'm optimistic. Dan, I, mean, I even hear from Democrats that are, that are going to be going to the polls this time. So, uh, so Dan Perkins has has joined us. Uh, Dan, yes. listening to all this, what, what what kind of questions do you have for for Peter Tickton in the time that we we have him here? How much time we have left? Uh, I I probably I would say probably five six minutes left here with okay. Peter before he's got to go. I, um, I've been listening for the last 15, 20 minutes. I did throw in a couple of questions. Um, I I I really wanted to um, 
to say to um, to our guest. Um, what we're seeing now, almost 16 months out from the election, that Donald Trump and what he stands for is still perceived by the Democratic Party as an existential, as existential threat to them and to the country. And so the reason why they're trying to get him out of this uh, hearings, that there would be some kind of a uh, charge that would prohibit him from running in 2024 is all part of a strategy because they they have nothing and the, and they think that anybody else that would win the Republican nomination if Trump can't run would be beatable by whoever it is going to run against against them in 2024. And, uh, right. I, I, you know, you're saying some very important things. And I agree with you about what you're saying. You know, these people, I mean, if you thought that in 10 years we're all going to die and the whole earth is going to be destroyed, which is what you're talking about, an existential threat, is that's what they think. And it's important to them to destroy our use of oil and fossil, other fossil fuels because because the world's going to end, according to them. The, the problem is, even if they were right, their ideas are absolutely so stupid that this, it's not going to prevent the world from ending in 10 years if they were right. And, you know, this, it doesn't mean that the ends will justify the means. If this is the way they're thinking, that doesn't give them the right to take over the government. That doesn't give them the right to do this massive cheating in the election and, and have a coup, basically take over the government because they think Donald Trump isn't doing enough about global warming. Or they think that Donald Trump isn't doing enough about becoming part of the global network. Or he's not part of the new world. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You're absolutely right. They're not going to change. I think that I think you're making a very important statement there because I, I've been saying all along that no matter how of the midterm elections, those people who think that there's going to be a fundamental shift because Republicans take control of the House and the Senate are missing the point that Joe Biden and his minions will still be in charge of the White House for two more years. They might try and make it a little more difficult for him. But he's still in the most powerful branch of the government, which is the executive branch. And there's two more years for him to continue to do damage to our economy through executive orders that would have to go to the courts and be challenged and, and could be in place. Um, but it's, it's, it's a long, hard, difficult battle to try and change America on a better direction. Oh man, I wish you were. I wish you were so wrong, and you are so right. You know. <laughs> Don't you just hate the, it when the the fact people is, say I'm right, Jim? You're not entirely. You're not entirely right because I'll tell you something. What we're in now, we're in a war. We're we're not in a war where people are shooting guns or where people are fighting each other or whatever. But we're in yeah. a war that's an information war. Yes. 
Yeah, but let me, let me respond to that. Part. Let me respond to that real quick. Well, well, let me just get my thought in response to what you were saying. If we get the House back in the Senate, that means we get the committees. That means we get the investigations. That means we get things going where truth will start coming out better and more. That's, and a, that's, that's another. How we win it. That's another problem of misconceptions. The practical reality is that for the longest time, the Democrats are terrorist. Republicans are redcoats who stand there and get shot down and don't fight back with a similar. I don't think, that if you think that the Republicans, if they get control of the House and the Senate are gonna hold all these hearings and everything else to do something to discredit the Democrats, I think that's wishful thinking and not very practical because that is not the way Republicans on a historical basis operate. They don't operate as terrorists, they operate as good guys, law-abiding citizens. And the Democrats don't. The Democrats are terrorists and they operate as terrorists. Whatever it is, whatever the subject matter, whatever the issue, they take no prisoners. And, and the Republicans, by and large, stand there. Can't we be nice? Can't we, can't we get together around the campfire and sing Kumbaya? <laughs> the Democrats will never do that. They'll take the, take well, the logs out of the campfire and burn us down. And we're, no, we're being... not Donald Trump. Not Donald Trump. I mean, he's, that's why he's different. That's why he's the only one that can pull us out of this thing. Because, I, because there's so much of what you are talking about that's out there. Yeah, and see, I, I take exceptional work. In, in my heart, in my heart, I want Donald Trump to run again. But in my mind, in my soul, he's not going to do it. Because look what they've tried to do him while he's been out of office. Do you think that the mainstream media is going to be any kinder to him a second time around? Why, why would he put himself to the kind of abuse that he surely will come under, that he never experienced before, every day, every night, 24 hours a day. It's going on now, and he's doing it. And the reason he's doing it is because he cares about this country. He, That's exactly. and he cares more, I, I believe he cares more about America than he does his own life. Agreed. He, he, he is what we hope he would be. Well, uh, Peter, before we let you go, how do people get in touch with you online and everything? And uh, thanks for spending as much time as you have with us. I know that we had you on a uh, on a limited basis today. So uh, give, give us some plugs there, my friend. How, how do we find you online and okay, everything great. else? Yeah, well, it's Peter Tickton. Okay, but that just use my initials, P.T., yeah, like, uh, you know, Papa Tango, P.T., like P.T. Boat, <laughs> P.T. Barnum, P.T. at RegalBrains.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, well, Peter. And, yeah, you, we got a lot of, we have a lot of legal brains in the place. Well, you have been phenomenal, and I would love to do this again sometime when we have a little bit more time with you. I would love to spend, I know that me and Dan and IQ would love to spend an entire hour with you at some stage of the game. Well, I hope that happens. Well, I appreciate it, Peter. Thanks for doing this, brother. 
Thank you, man. My Thank you, sir. Hey, look, we're all fight. We're, we're all fighting for the same cause. Yes. You know. Yes, we are all fighting for the same cause. There he goes. That's Peter Tickton. We are going to get our next guest in here. Uh, so, so Dan, uh, what did you think of Peter? Well, I like I, I like his brain. I like what he's the way he's thinking. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not conv- I I I'm not convinced that. Melania and the kids are going to try it one more time because they they're they're after him right now as aggressively as they were when he was president. That shows that he has some power and influence in the mainstream media. But I, I, he may be a patriot, and, and there's no question. Hello, this is James giving you a call for your segment. How are you, my friend? Great. I'm great. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Pretty good, actually. Give me uh, (laughs) just a couple seconds here, and I'll get everything set up here with everybody, and we will get off and running. Uh, now, how do you pronounce your last name? I want to make sure I get that right before we get you on the air. Is it? Is it? It's Rubacek. Rubacek, fantastic, fantastic. Let me yeah. uh, see if I can get IQ and Dan in here. When I went to call you, it booted them out of the conversation. So we are gonna get them back into the conversation here. And uh, we'll get everything going here. So, Rubacek. Okay, I'm glad I asked because I was going to butcher that. <laughs> that was not going to go well. That definitely was not going to go well. Our next guest is with us. She joins us here in a broadcast. Okay. Kay Rubacek is with us, and she joins us here on the telephone. She is a celebrated author, filmmaker, journalist. She is an ardent Christian activist, and she has fought the communist regime in China. When protesting in China for the Christian human rights, she was arrested and deported by the Chinese Communist Party. She has a brand new book called China's Walking Dead. Her book is available on Amazon. And Kay joins us here on Skype Audio. So, um, Kay, this book is phenomenal. Tell me and Dan and IQ a little bit about your book. Sure. What happened was I was making a movie called Finding Courage, which really looks at how victims have been persecuted by the Chinese Communist Party. And, And I found that, you know, the victims couldn't really tell me exactly how the regime works. How does communism work today? Not old communism, you know, during Soviet times, which was my family escaped those times. How does it work now? And so I decided to interview former Chinese Communist Party, CCP officials, and ask them. And I got access to dozens of them. Many didn't want to go on camera, but I got some private conversations. I got some filmed interviews. And what they told me was so shocking 
because you just realize how much this socialist, communist, atheistic um, regime, this mentality destroys individuals. It, it separates them from their soul, and and it and it and it creates you know what they call they call themselves the Walking Dead. Um, it was just unbelievable, and so I, I ended up I couldn't I wanted to make this into a movie, but it was just too too difficult. So I needed to put it into a book so that we could understand it because what communism does, what socialism does, we can, like China, it's so far gone under that. So we, we need to be able to learn from that. So that's basically why I wrote this book so that we could learn from it to really avoid what they had and to get our faith back here because we really need that to, to be able to overcome this. So Dan, I'll start with you. What kind of questions do you have for Kay? Oh, several tons. <laughs> okay, uh, let me uh, thank you for joining us today. Let me let me try and whittle my tons of questions down to a, a a measurable few. Recently, the World Health Organization has estimated that the population of China will be reduced by fifty percent. By 2050, because of the aging of the population and the one-child policy. Now, the, 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 the debt that China has is some of the highest in the world. So we've got an aging population, and we've got another situation where we have millions and millions of people who are being persecuted, held in camps, the Uyghurs and and Christians and Muslims, um, at some point in time, the burden of trying to take care of and and, and keep these people contained uh, isn't. Aren't they going to turn on the Chinese government eventually and turn it out? You know, it's. I have really looked into this a lot. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, the Uyghurs, the, the Tibetans, there's a, there's a whole lot of different groups. Christians have been persecuted for a long time. The largest persecuted group in terms of numbers is the Falun Dafa or Falun Gong um, persecuted group, uh, spiritual practice there. And because they are part of, they're, they're not like a minority. They're just, they don't just live in one region because it depends on how... The, the, the Chinese Communist Party turns on its own people periodically. That's just how they've maintained control, divide and conquer, and they've done this from the beginning. And each, each time they target a different segment of the population. Um, when that group of people live in one region, like the uh, Muslim Uyghurs in the Xinjiang region, they can l- kind of cut them off and lock them up and uh, as, as horrible as it sounds, it's a lot easier for them to do when they target, um, say, Christians or Falun Gong uh, practitioners. It's very, it's a lot harder for them because they're just part of regular society. They're not all in one city or town or geographical region, so it makes it really hard for the CCP to control them. So they have to um, work on neighbors and communities and church leaders and that to turn on their fellow citizens to control them. This is what they've done. Uh, it's a strategy, basically, the communist playbook. This is how what they've always done. And now, but this is where, like, communism manifests in different ways. You know, basically, they'll do anything to achieve the goal of absolute state control, 
that is critical. They must have national control. Otherwise, they lose the... Um, they will no longer be a monopoly. They will no longer have control of the nation. So the main thing is that they have control. And so if anyone tries to dis- disagree, if anyone tries to put their faith above the party, um, essentially, you know, put, to put God above the party, you cannot do that in a communist state because it is strictly atheistic. So that's when they don't, they really, they don't, Mind, you know what one of the Chinese Communist Party officials told me? He said, "Okay, look, you know, we kill. That's what we do. Like to think that the CCP is not going to kill, you're just stupid." Basically, he says it's in our, it's in the doctrines. This is what we know, and um, and and so so this is to the the one child policy, um, the killing of the infants, the killing of the unborn. Um, this is just another communist method. Uh, I mean, the CCP even had a, a sparrow side, right, where they decided they had to wipe out all the sparrows uh, in the 1950s. It caused a terrible, terrible famine along with other communist policies, but it caused the great famine that killed like 45 million Chinese people. So the way they treat life in China under communism, not, not China before, China before was very different, but China under communism uh, it is any any regime under communism? They don't treat life the way that we here in the West expect life to be treated. So, if they're going to lose, um, that they are losing population, absolutely. And it's very, they're trying hard to to pump it up now and encourage more children, but that's not happening. And especially under the COVID lockdown policies, it's really not happening. So. They are losing population, and but under the regime, they they generally don't care as long as they have control. The ultimate goal, and they're playing a long game here. They want ultimate control, and they don't care how long it takes to maintain that. They just don't want to lose it. Yeah, but there there's discussion about whether or not they're going to invade Taiwan, and mm-hmm. um, and clearly we have now seen one of the major powers of the world unable to conquer Ukraine. What makes them think that they could uh, now, after they've seen what happened with Russia and its military in Ukraine, that they could conquer Taiwan? And why would they risk the possibility of losing? Well, it's... You know, I I cannot give a definitive answer, but this is a fascinating, um, you know, it's something that we've got to think about because you look at all the factors that they have on their side, but there's also a lot of things against that. that When you look at Taiwan, they are the, they've maintained the more like original pre-communist culture. And that's a very harmonious society. And generally the Taiwanese, they are going to be very passionate um, in, in protecting their homeland. Um, the Ukraine and the Russian situation was a lot more difficult because uh, many Russian, many Ukrainians are Russian. So fighting, they see their cultures as, as one and one and the same. Now, my family's Russian, and, and there's many Ukrainians that are Russian. It's like we, we, we're really brothers and sisters. Um, but in Taiwan, the Taiwanese 
generally really hate the communist culture. Not that they hate the communist people, but they do not want the communist culture. So that fight, the, the CCP knows that that will be a very bitter fight. It will be much more bitter than uh, the Ukraine battle because it, it's the, the Taiwanese people are really ready for it. So there's two two things I think with the, the CCP is, is that they need to put on a show of power. And Xi Jinping wants to leave a legacy. Is he going to maintain his power after this year? We'll have to see. There's a lot of infighting going on in, inside China. But if he could get Taiwan, if he could get that, that show of power, that's a major legacy goal for him. But sometimes it's, they just need a distraction because with the COVID policies right now, and the, it's, it's really... If you if you look from inside China, the the reports coming out inside China, not what we see on the news here, but the the real like on the ground reporting inside China, which is which is harder to access, but it's out there. It's very there's a lot of um, destructive and, and disruptions and riots and, and and unrest in China. It's never been this bad, so things are changing there, and so the CCP needs to do something to take the attention away from from the bad side. And so they don't want us to see what's going on with the lockdowns and the policies in, in, in China now. So they want to distract us. They want us to look at Taiwan and look at that. They don't want us to see that they're actually losing control inside China. That's my take on where things are now. And, you know, things things could change once we hit October and see what happens with um, the status of Xi Jinping and, and where, where things are going to go. But I, I really... My studies show that the CCP is always trying to deflect attention and distract attention from the real goal. Uh, I mean, they want to they want to control the world. They want to take over the U.S. They want to distract us from uh, whatever they they can. And so, getting us to look at Taiwan and debate about that means we actually are not looking at the real problem. Is is what they're trying to do here? They're trying to undermine our sovereignty here in the U.S. They want to expand um, globally. And make us just look over at, at, at Taiwan. I think sometimes we miss the point when we just look at where they want us to look. If you know what I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. IQL Rizzoli, do you have any questions for uh, our guest? It's, it's a remark, actually. She was describing the Communist Party and how they behave. Ironically, this is exactly how the new Democrat Party in the USA is doing: suppression of information control of information, destruction of all opposition. You have no freedom in America. I don't care how many times you tell me you are a free society. You are not a free society anymore. If a president of the United States of America can be held and impeached three times, even when he's outside, falsely, and we have 12 million people voting from death to elect a dysfunctional man called Biden, and to tell me you have a... A democracy or so-called a republic, forget it, doesn't exist. What she described is exactly what's happening in America today. Look what they do with your children, to their education. The Air Force was showing LGBT people with the Air Force demonstrations. Since when? 1.6% of America represents the whole of America. I want to know. Nobody is answering simple questions. And you know what? The simpler the question, the deadlier it is. Back to you. I absolutely agree. I agree with you 100%. And 
But one point that I disagree with is that, you know, the system here has been taken over by the communist ideology. And what we've seen in China, we're seeing here. And so I like to use China as an example to help people say, because you, you know it, you've just hit the head, the problem on the head, you got it. But, but there's so many other people that don't get it. And so I like to try and tell them, you know, look at what's going on in China. And then we can start to connect and say, hang on, isn't that happening here now too? Uh-huh. And then the light goes off. But one thing that really sets us apart and what gives me a lot of hope is that you have people like you have the brain, have the um, voice, and you have a platform where you can say that. In China, if you were to say that, you would be arrested. You would be in prison right yep. now. Yep. Um, I know that because I was on Tiananmen Square in China in 2001, and I held a banner that said three words. That's it. Truth, compassion, and tolerance. And for those holding those three words, which, you know, universally good words, we know that. They're also the, the principles of the Falun Dafa meditation practice. And I held those words, and within 30 seconds... I was surrounded by police and thrown into a basement cell uh, in, in, uh, in Beijing and held for 23 hours before being deported. And I was told those words are illegal in China. So I did not have any freedom of speech. I broke no law, and I knew that. But in the U.S., we still have that. We still have, and we have the ability to think, whereas the police in China, they just believed what they were told. They believed that those words are illegal they believed and were trying to make me sign documents to say that the CIA paid for my trip to go to China, which is total, you know, ridicu ridiculous. I was an Australian citizen and I paid my own flight. Um, but this is what they believe. They've been brainwashed to that extent. So I think we still have, we still have a window here, even though I completely agree with you. But I think we, we still have our voices. We still have our minds. We still have our hearts. And that's what we have to hold on to and what, that's what we have to uh, spread to others. That's really my take on that. Dan, do you have any more? Yes, please. Um, just to, to educate myself, what is, the, what is the population of Taiwan versus the population of Ukraine? You know? oh, that's a good question. I do not know. I, I'm going to look that up. Yep, I don't know. Do you know the population of Taiwan? Not off the top of my head, no. Okay. No, I haven't. I mean, yeah, I, I cannot say that off the top of my head. And uh, So the reason why I'm asking the question, what clearly happened, uh, and this may be the first time uh, I've spoken about this on the air, we have spent $135 million a day to support the army in Ukraine, $135 million a day. Mm. Now, the vast majority of women and children were sent away into, into Europe, six to seven million were sent over there, maybe more. I'm wondering if the communist Chinese were to try and attack Taiwan, would they find a much more aggressive enemy in the Taiwanese than the Russians, even the Russians found with the Ukrainians. Are they, are they more, are they, are they going to send women and children away someplace or are they going to, huh? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can give you the. I can uh, before I answer, give you my opinion on that. I can give you the. Um, yes. Uh, I did look up the population so that we've got that. So we're looking at Taiwan is twenty three million, and Ukraine is four, well twenty four million twenty three point six one, and the Ukraine is forty three million. So it's base almost you know basically double. Ukraine is basically double, but. Um, we're, there's a lot of land borders around Ukraine and they can move very, not necessarily easily. easily. I had a lot of friends that were stuck and unable to leave the border um, in, in Ukraine for certain periods of time. But Taiwan, it's, it's a different situation. They cannot just, where are they going to run to? Um, we, we are losing the uh, safe places in the world because this, I like to call it a specter of communism, right? It's, it's, it's trying to spread and, and take over. Um, we need to help maintain the freedom. So Taiwanese people have a very strong family culture that's very traditionally Chinese, very traditional in a lot of, a lot of traditional cultures. But they do have a very strong family unit uh, as compared to Chinese people in China. If you compare that to Ukraine, I'm not sure. It's a different kind of... It's a different kind of culture. I, I don't see Taiwanese people running from the fight, personally. I, I, they, I think they are really knuckling down for the fight. They would have been, yeah. Ukraine things came up very suddenly, and people didn't know what was happening, and they didn't know why, whereas you, with Taiwan, people know why, and they know if the Taiwanese abandon and they let China, uh, the CCP, take over Taiwan, we're really um, going to have a for, for the world. That's saying that's a, that's a really going to be a really bad situation. So I think they're going to expect um, that. I think they're going to want to. They will put up a fight, and I think they're going to expect our help. Do you have any sense of, of how the Taiwanese are preparing for a possible attack? Militarily, I don't have stats on that, but. Within their culture, they have been preparing for this for a long time. There has always been that rift between the two. And for the mainland China, it has been such a scar on them because they're all about keeping power. And when the world looks at China, they see that as the Communist Party. And when they look at Taiwan, they see that as, the old, the uh, you know, original China, and when you go to the two places, they are so different. They are really so different. It's a lot more, you know, harmonious in in Taiwan. So, I, I think they're definitely preparing militarily. They're, I think they're preparing in every way they can, and they're also preparing by asking for help and seeking um, recognition as a government. So, I think they're preparing. Um, I mean, I really believe they're preparing on all levels. But I think they've been prepared for a long time mentally, and now it's just starting to come to a head. And but what the future holds, um, we're just going to have to wait and see. I, I I really think it's a big distraction from the CCP, and they're going to be looking for something else um, to to draw our attention to to get away from that at some point. But there is a, I, there is still a slim chance that they will do it. I think. Well, before we let everybody go, let's start with uh, Dan. Dan, how do we get your books and get involved with what you're doing, my friend? Books are available at Amazon or uh, can be ordered through any of your local bookstores. Um, 
blacks and whites, we're going to have, I, I, I did it today. We have a, a, an author who uh, has written a book called 56. It's about the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence and what risk they took and what happened to them by being signers as far as being arrested, houses burned, crops destroyed, uh, wives and children taken into custody. And uh, so we're going to do a 4th of July special. Uh, we're also working with the Ashcroft Foundation at Ashland College. Uh, it's going to help us participate in a new program called Hamburgers, Hot Dogs, and the Declaration of Independence. Food for your body and food for your soul. And we're going to, through them, make available copies of a pamphlet of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and start an educational program to help children in all grade levels begin to learn more about this country that they're not being taught in the schools. And Black and White is ex continuing to expand. Uh, we're adding more and more show content. And um, I have left a little ink on the table, but not much. <laughs> IQ Al Rizzoli. How do we get your books, my friend? Just Google my name, El Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-O-L-I, and enjoy it. By the way, it was a pleasure talking to the lady. Yes, Paris. yes. Kay, uh, before we let you go, how do we get your book and, and everything that you're doing? Thank you, gentlemen. It, it has been a pleasure. And, and fascinating. I love that hamburgers and hot dogs and the Declaration of Independence. That is awesome. Um, uh, so I, I did a, a TV show last year for Epoch TV, and I did a special episode on 4th of July. Um, and it was just so important to remind the, it, we need that education back in in, uh, in this country and reminding everyone about that. So that's fantastic. My Everything is on my website, um, krubacek.com. I'm going to spell that for you. K-A-Y-R-U-B-A-C-E-K. That's krubacek.com. There I've got my films. I've got my uh, my books. And um, and I will, I will put a link up to... Um, uh, the episode that I did on uh, on that um, last year's Fourth of July Independence Day. So um, yes, and thank you very much for having me on. Well, you have been fantastic. Thanks for doing this, and we would love to uh, to talk to you again. And uh, I will talk to everybody next week. And uh, Kay, thanks for joining me and the crew today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. Thank, Thank you, guys. There they Thank go. You. That is Dan Perkins, IQL Rizzoli, and Kay Rubicek. Yes, that Kay Rubicek. And uh, that wraps it up from our big program. Thanks for joining us here on JiggyJaguar.com. Thanks for joining us on Twitch. Oh, the Twitch. And uh, we'll see you later. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.